Hello sisters, this is Anna. Uh, thank you for listening in today to Feminine Fidelity. Uh, forgive me, my voice is a bit off again. I'm still having some trouble with my thyroid and that affects uh, the quality of my voice. Uh, also still having some uh, upper respiratory trouble and sinus infection which means a double whammy for it, so I'm doing the best I can. Um, today, uh, I wanted to kind of cover uh, some stuff that I did in an article for my blog, Feminisola Gaudia, and um, I want to discuss that the, why the world does not admire us um, as Christians when we compromise. Um, God's Word is clear, meant to be obeyed. Uh, His law is meant to be obeyed, to be applied. Um, we are meant to live in such a way as to emulate Christ. And our Christianity isn't just a thought. It isn't just ideas, uh, things to be discussed, but it's truths to be obeyed and applied. And so there are definite lines that we are not meant to cross. There are definite rules and uh, commands that we are to obey. And um, even someone who claims to be an atheist can see this. I have actually heard, and I'm pretty sure you have too, atheists talk about how Christians, if they believe what they say they believe, um, why they should be more faithful to it. Uh, the world is faithful to its ideology, and God calls us to be faithful to His commands. Jesus tells us, sisters, that if we love him, we will obey him. And certainly this does not mean just the red letter words in Scripture, but the entirety of Scripture as God has meant it to be obeyed and applied. The Old Testament um, is God's example to us. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, called it uh, a school teacher. Um, it's an example for us to look at and learn from and apply to our own lives. Uh, the gospel is the truth of the good news of Jesus Christ and our salvation made possible by his death, burial, and resurrection, his holy life, and his, uh, the propitiation that his death offered. So we are to live that, and then, of course, the book of Acts tells us how the, you know, the early church got started. Uh, it is a history. And then the, uh, the uh, books of the letters, the epistles um, to individuals and to churches are very, very practical. And Jesus is teaching even in the Gospels, was very, very practical. 
there were things to be commanded and obeyed, just as in, in the uh, epistles. Paul makes commands, uh, Peter makes commands, uh, James, Jude, you know, there's things that they say that we are to do. They draw on the Word of God uh, in other areas. Uh, the law of God is what I mean. And show us how to apply it and live it. So this is what we're supposed to do in, in all areas of our lives. God calls us to be salt and, and to be light. Salt purifies wounds. Salt uh, preserves um, that's why you can salt down meat to preserve it. Uh, light dispels darkness. And so that is what we're called to be. That's what the world needs. And that's why the truth of God's Word has to go forth because um, without it, the world is dying. And, and will continue to do so. And it, it, we need faithful Christians, um, men obeying Scripture and the way God called men to do, and women obeying it, and the way God called women to. And those are two different things. Men and women are not called to obey the gospel in, in exactly the same way. And so... As women, you and I, are to obey God's word as it applies to um, to our individual um, lives and circumstances. A wife does not obey God in the same way a husband does. A mother does not obey God in the same way a father does, and so on. But we have disobeyed God. Um, we've compromised with the world. Um, we are very often tempted by the baubles that the, the world offers, the, the glittery things, the success, uh, the popularity and so on that the world offers and so we step over that line and we compromise um, many of our mothers and grandmothers have done this uh, now my grandmother goes way back she died in um, she died in 1958 my grandmother was actually born um, in 1891 uh, and she was older when my mother was born, who was born in 1922. And my mother was older, uh, even older still, when I was born. I was born in 1964. <clears throat> so, but a lot of you have grandmothers that were, you know, um, alive and during the 60s, um, maybe even the 70s, because y'all are, are younger. Um... I'm not younger. That's why I'm striving to obey God's commands uh, for older women to teach younger women. That's my job. And see, if I fail in that, then I've compromised with the world. And a lot of our mothers and our grandmothers did so. 
And some are still doing it, some are still around and still doing so. And maybe they do it without even realizing that they've swallowed the poisoned Kool-Aid of feminism and um, its Medusa-like strands that goes throughout all of our world um, in many, many of our churches. Um, Feminism taught us to despise the differences between men and women. Uh, Practical androgyny uh, became very real. And what I mean by that is you don't have to cross-dress in order to uh, sin through adapting to the life and quality or um, let me rephrase this you don't have to dress like a man in order to live like a man and what I mean by that it is a man's job to go out and earn a living and protect his family and provide for his family it's a man's job and yet most of women today and for a long time now uh, when our children, our daughters are growing up, we ask them, well, what do you want to do with your life? What, where do you want to go to college? Uh, what do you want to study? What do you want to, uh, what do you want your career to be? Gone are the days when it was assumed that daughters would dress like women and, and learn the domestic arts like women and uh, marry and submit to a husband and uh, raise up children unto the Lord and run their households and be faithful to their husbands and to their children and faithful as a homemaker and faithful to teach younger women and their daughters and the uh, younger women in the church being an example to them. Those days are long gone. And it's taken over by women who go to college, get in modern debt, maybe, and go have a career, maybe have a career until they're 30-something, then maybe get married and maybe have a child or two. Um, Many of them still continuing on with their career while they're raising their children. They are taking on a man's role, and that's practical androgyny. Uh, Women in the military, men, women as uh, police officers or firefighters, they are walking as men, acting as men, working as men, dressing as men. This is practical androgyny. So this is a sin. Uh, we're taught by feminism to defy our husbands, to despise motherhood, to limit the amount of children we have, to say, um, maybe I don't want children, or even to abort our children. Um, We're taught that babies in our wombs, rather than being a blessing from the Lord, are parasites. And when we compromise and actually do these things, when we say, yeah, I'm going to delay marriage because I want a career, or I'm going to step into an area reserved for men, but I want it because I want it, 
um, and the world says it's all right for me to do it, we're sinning. We're sinning when we decide that we, not God, open and close our womb. That we, not God, assume the right to say one child or three children or no children or I'm going to kill this baby. Um, now, I realize there are some of you who have medical issues that will make it dangerous for you to have multiple children or many children and certainly God who is sovereign over your medical condition understands that but that's not that is not even what I'm addressing here the idea is that we need to get back to obeying God rather than compromising with the world and its ideology and adapting it to our own we must repent, and we must live as if we are salt and light. And that is, women must live as God has called women to live. We must obey God as women, as wives, and as mothers, as daughters, and as sisters. This is what God has appointed to us, ladies. He did not call us to fulfill the duties given to men, but to fulfill the duties given to women. So let's get started by getting into the Bible and read it for ourselves and apply it. If you've not read the Bible all the way through, there's nothing hindering you. Get started on it. Uh, listen to the Bible. Listen to the Bible on audio. Um, I, I read scripture, but I also listen to it an awful lot while I'm washing dishes or while I'm uh, getting ready for bed or while I'm just sitting um, down I'll listen I'll listen and I'll um, I learn so much by doing that and then I, I have times that I just turn and study it uh, by through reading and research and and I think both are, are we are living a time that we are so blessed to have the Bible on audio. And not only that, but we have so many sermons uh, by truly godly men that we can turn to and listen to. So, you know, we have no excuse for not studying. We have no excuse for not learning. We have, we have Bibles in print. We have Bibles online. We have Bibles through... Services like uh, Audible. So we just need to avail ourselves of it and, and study and learn and apply it. And if we don't understand the context of a verse or a word or understand the meaning, look it up. Get a good commentary such as John Gill's or Charles Spurgeon's or Matthew Henry's. Uh, they all offer different things. They are all very, um, very good. And uh, it's good to have a physical copy of commentaries, but they are also available online for you to look up. And um, you can purchase them very inexpensively for Kindle. And they are available on uh, sites such as uh, Bible Gateway. But whatever you do, just get a hold of a good one, 
get ground in the truth of God's unchanging word through your study and application of it. you got to believe what Scripture says. And sisters, for, for those um, who understand what I'm saying, uh, what I mean is you've got to get in there and say, what does God actually say? What did the church universal actually believe before, say, uh, Darwinianism told us that um, you know, evolution was the right way. How many churches compromised with that so that theistic evolution in the form of um, so many different uh, adaptations of that came about, such as the gap theory or the day age theory, and I'm not even up with all of them, but theistic evolution is a sin. God said six days, he meant six days. He said six 24-hour days, and that's what he meant. And if you want, you know, research it yourself. There's very definite meanings to what he said. And he said, you know, the, the, the morning and the evening, he's talking about 24-hour days. So we've got to believe it, not just study it. And then we have to apply it. We have to believe what God says about submission, the duty of a wife to submit to her husband, then we have to apply that to our own life by actually being submissive to our own husband. We have to believe what God said about children being a blessing. We have to apply it to our own lives by seeking to marry and to give birth to children and to raise them for God's glory. And so we've sinned, sisters, when we don't do these things. We've sinned by stepping over the line and saying God's word's not good enough for us. We need to compromise with the world. And we didn't want to be embarrassed uh, more than we didn't want to dishonor God, and that is sin. We didn't fear God. We feared man. And we need to repent of that and make God forgive us when we do. Sisters, right now we are so needed. You are so needed. You who love the Lord, love His Word, love the position He has given to you as a woman. The world needs to see this now more than ever. You, the world needs to see you honor the Lord by honoring your husband, by obeying Him, by being a keeper of your home. By showing the world the glory of home-centeredness. By cooking and cleaning. By canning, dehydrating. By not just slapping a meal on the table, but menu planning, raising garden, or going out and shopping well for God's glory. All of this is important. Uh, taking care of the clothes of your house, so whether that means making them, mending them, or cleaning them, and and so on. The world needs to see this in a practical way. It's not just enough to theorize about it. You have to obey it. The Bible is very practical, and it's meant to be lived out in a practical manner. Our places, women, sisters, the place that God has appointed to us makes a difference in the world when we are living in obedience to God. 
And when we compromise, thinking, hey, we'll get kudos, the world isn't applauding us. It's laughing at us. And worse, it's laughing at God. We are dishonoring God and bringing Him shame. When we disobey the truth of what God has called us to, the particular roles and duties He has called women to do, things that the world needs to see and things that the church understood until everything that has happened has ha ha happened. Feminism has been around now almost close to 200 years and it's like 180 something and the ideas behind that, of course, go back to the, the Garden of Eden. But, in our modern sense, it's been around since the 1840s. And, but the true impact of feminism has been seen in a major, major way since second wave feminism hit so hard in the 1960s. And with the push for so-called equal rights and the push for abortion, the push for no-fault divorce, and so many other things, and the church did not stand against it. And so they let all of this evil impact the church, and you see it in so many denominations. And even in the more serious, the more studious, the more conservative denominations. It's made its impact in very, very sinful ways. And for this we must repent. And yes, we need men to lead the charge, but sisters, you are so needed. If you're an older woman listening and you're not teaching younger women, repent of that and start teaching them. If you're an older woman who has not done this, please get in the Bible and make sure you understand what God has called you as a woman to and go teach your younger sisters. And don't compromise. Remember the Bible says that, the, that God holds teachers to a higher standard because what I'm teaching my younger sisters, if they do it, and I have taught them wrong, God's going to hold me accountable also. So be very careful, but, but learn and teach. And if you're a younger woman, and you have questions about how, what I'm talking about, what, it, what do I mean feminism has, has poisoned everything? What do I mean that it has impacted the church in such a, a drastic way? I welcome you to contact me. I can point you to some excellent resources. I can answer some of your questions. You can go to my blog, Feminist Oligradia. I have an entire page devoted to feminism, what it is, what it did to the church, the compromises it has led to, and what we're supposed to do. And I have many articles on there. The Transformed Wife. She and I don't agree on some theological points, but her teaching on homemaking 
and and being a, a wife and a mother, she overall does really well on that. She teaches that we must obey this. And uh, you know, so listen to Lori on that. She's got some some good things to say too. And uh, uh, God God took her, but used to there was the joyful patriarchy wife. Um, if you remember her teachings, she had some good things to say. But there's not a lot of women out there who are not compromising with the world. And, and if you're an older woman, seek to be that woman that will not compromise, that will not bend, and understands where you stand on Scripture. And as a younger woman, strive to be that kind of woman. Strive to be that kind of wife and mother and homemaker, that kind of sister and daughter and, and uh, wife and example in your church. Okay, sisters, the world isn't applauding you when you fail. The world isn't applauding you when you compromise. The world is not applauding you when you twist scripture. Oh, they, they look like they are. But they're not really. They are laughing at you. Because you don't really stand on what you believe like they are doing. They stand on what they believe. You must do the same. So stand on God's holy and unchanging word okay and if you haven't been doing so repent and start doing so today and as I said if you have questions reach out to me if you have questions go to my blog Femina Sola Gradia and and uh, look it up read it um, all the stuff on feminism and uh, I'm praying I pray for y'all. I do, sisters. I pray for y'all. I pray that you may be women unto the Lord who live as God has called women to live. I pray to see the killing blow to feminism. And I want to be a part of that. Honey, honey, I want you to be a part of it too. So let's honor God. Let's obey God. Let's serve God. And let's do so in our positions and in the areas of life that God has given you and me as ladies, as women, as mothers, as wives, as daughters, and as and in this day and age, as a single woman, if you are, if you've not yet found a husband, God still has duties for you, feminine duties, not duties that are pseudo-male, okay? There's a very big difference. Um... I love you ladies. I'm praying for you ladies. Um, if I can help in someone, let me know. And please pray for me. Pray that I continue to strengthen. I, this past year and a half, I have been so sick and dealt with just one physical condition, one physical um, health issue, one illness after another after another. And I'm still weak, still struggling with as you hear with my voice, still struggling with energy levels and with the ability to walk properly. I'm still struggling with all of that. So please keep me in your prayers and please keep us in our prayer in your prayers financially. These this again this last year and a half has 
hit such a severe blow in our family. And we have we have a move coming up in the next few months because my son has been asked to come to a church in Kentucky and to um, he's going to be um, a pastoral student and a pastoral mentorship under three elders there. And um, going back to the way that God meant churches to train young men, that's what they're doing, will be doing with Tristan. Um, so please pray for him and please pray for um, us, me and my daughter, who, who will also be moving with him because we live with him. And uh, I'm praying for y'all and I'm here for y'all um, for prayer and if I can do something, let me know. Um, until next time, do all that you do, sisters, unto, as unto God and for His glory always. Okay? Bye-bye, y'all. Bye-bye.